Welcome to Monstrology, episode 33, and uh, I am your host, Will King. I am joined by host number one or two, depending on your preference, Madrin McCabe. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, Madrin, it's yep. about that time of year. Love is in the air. I don't know if you've seen it in your, you know, grocery stores or in your <laughs> I department you were going to ask me. I don't know if you've seen it in your own relationship. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> Have you seen love recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person who's been with the same person for 20 years. Yeah, has that, <laughs> has that happened? It's, have things gone a little off the rails <laughs> leading up to Valentine's Day? Not no. your business, Will. Okay, no. well, let's move along from that. I was going to say, have you seen it in, you know, uh, grocery stores? Oh, yeah. The dollar the store, store had all the of dollar their, store. their Valentine's Day stuff out like yeah. the day after Christmas. It was cray. Love is in the air and love is on the shelves, I guess. Um, chocolate definitely is on the shelves. Chocolate so, and I have a, a question, you know, that might be useful to children and adults and... Uh, you know, people uh, trying to woo uh, someone, which is woo. not like that. <laughs> like, oh. woo, not like a spooky ghost. You oh, and like, your woo. ghost, you and your ghost bias. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I can sneak a ghost in, I'm going to. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe you'll find a way to split, split the difference here. All right. What makes a good Valentine's card? Puns. Puns, okay. <laughs> Puns, What what else? If I... If I uh, was a 11 year old and I wanted to woo someone in woo. my class, what should I put in my my Valentine's card? Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay, so we got chocolate. We got puns. Uh, I I would say a little pop culture there. I remember like in school handing out all those little tiny Valentines that would be like. Scooby-Doo themed or Batman themed. Oh, yeah, or yeah. They're all yeah, very... like you'd get that cardboard box and it would uh -huh. have like Darth Vader printed on it. And it was like, you're the Obi-Wan for me. There you go, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That is my ideal Valentine. It's a pun. It's Star Wars themed. Uh -huh. And you slip a little chocolate in there. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah, yeah that's the way enough. to my heart. I uh, This is reminding me that sometimes those packages of, of cards would come in like a... 24 pack or like a 28 pack but sometimes there's 30 kids in your class mm -hmm. i remember it always being a thing of like so who doesn't get the the you know valentine this year um so of course your mom's like no i'm not buying two boxes yeah i don't that's know what we, i don't know what you do in that scenario i can't remember also i don't know if that's the best impression of my mom <laughs> Heard. Nope. <laughs> but uh we'll see if she listens just like a like she a does, general she can mom decide. yeah mom, a mom voice <laughs> your mom your mom has never squawked like that <laughs> like a way. bird <laughs> um oh. well you know what our guest today uh also has wings uh, I don't know if they squawk, but they could squawk like a bird. We'll find out. It's it's always possible. Because uh, today's guest, in fact, today's monster is Cupid.
so when we think of Cupid, I feel like the first thing that everyone imagines is a small, um, sometimes naked rotund baby. boy. <laughs> yeah, with a <laughs> naked <trumpet>. babies. <laughs> yeah, naked babies. <laughs> Uh, or or cherubs, like people think of cherubs. Mm -hmm. And I think what we can uh, kind of track throughout this history, when I'm hoping that people can kind of follow me on this very long thread, is how we got to that idea of Cupid as a cherub, Cupid as a naked baby with a trumpet, um, because it's very much not where Cupid started. Um, and there's there's a whole bunch of kind of um reinterpretations of of this um character that led us here but in general right, yeah. yeah i would say wings how, how did we get to chubby naked baby with a yeah. bow and arrow bow and arrow i so just before so also it's a bow and arrow is a big part of who they are um that causes victims to fall in love and also um i find it interesting that cupid is sometimes blind or blindfolded just to to round out this image of maybe the way that we um, perceive uh, him to be. Well, you know, so, love is blind. Love is blind. Oh, we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so originally, um, Cupid uh, is actually uh, Eros, which is uh, uh, like a god of love, but also the origin of the word erotic. Surprise that it came from Cupid himself, uh, Eros or erotic. Um, in Greek religion, uh, it's the god of love, um, and in there's a there's a whole bunch of different um, parents for Cupid depending on which mythology you're following. So, in the Greek mythology, um, he was uh, the son of Chaos, um, uh, but later they decided to change that up and shake it up a little bit and make him the son of uh, Aphrodite, the goddess of sexual love and beauty, by either there's a few different possible fathers here, so it feels like who, who's it gonna be? Well, that sounds um, Greek to me. Yeah, either Zeus, um, Ares, Zeus. Uh, so Zeus, king of the gods, Ares, god of war and battle, or Hermes, the divine messenger of the gods. Um, and Eros was not a god just of passion, but also of fertility in the Greek world. But I like that you can find um all these different versions in um yeah in, in the different fathers um in the earliest version he was also just shown as an actual child as opposed to a grown adult too like he is a young uh kind of god that was born um in... yeah like i've seen versions of him where he really does look more like a like a boy versus a baby mm -hmm. and i i don't think we perceive him as a baby in this um greek lore no. um it's more so that he is i don't know what teenage you'd say troublemaking age like like 12 ish <laughs> sure yeah not not yet yeah. a man um there's also uh the the roman version of cupid which uh in this Cupid, literally, that's where the name Cupid comes from instead of uh, Eros. Uh, and Cupid means desire, um, was the son of Mercury, and um, uh, who's, you know, the winged messenger of the gods, and Venus, the goddess of love. 
Um, and so, it, yeah, we get this kind of love and messenger combo, um, which is, I think, where you could see the wings coming from instead of um, the wings on their heels, the wings on the back. Um, he was often appeared, yeah, in this Roman version as a winged infant. So we get the aging down from a kid to a infant, like quite, quite young, baby style, um, and carrying a bow and quiver of arrow. Um, whose wounds inspired love or passion in every victim. Um, he's sometimes portrayed as wearing armor like that of uh, Mars, the god of war. And there is perhaps uh, a parallel between warfare and romance, which I actually think is very sweet, to symbolize uh, the invincibility of love and the idea that love is strong and powerful and invincible. And so they wear this great like kind of armor, which I think is very cute um it's uh there's a couple things like i guess like variations and details that i thought was cool about the roman mythology too um one is that um ovid says there's two different types of arrows so traditionally we would imagine obviously that there's arrows that are used to uh, inspire love and lust and it cause someone to fall in love with somebody else but there is a second arrow um that fills its target with revulsion and so there's the kind of like I don't know, disgust arrows <laughs> and, uh, you know, that they're kind of, um, yeah, the, the anti, anti-love arrows as well, which, I mean, I guess it's good to know that you could do that. Um, like a, like a cure or to No, sorry, not people. a love, uh, not a cure, but like a, um, an arrow that causes kind of chaos and, and contempt and like, it, it's a more, we'll get into this a little bit too, but more of a like demonic arrow, arrow. Um, so instead of inspiring the positive, it inspires not violence, but like uh, disgust and um, revulsion. Um, fun detail as well. He's a terrible shot is, that I found in the, <laughs> in the Roman uh, mythology, which is even though his entire life is devoted to having this arrow, his aim is not particularly good, which causes all these different stories uh, to uh, occur. So I thought that was... Um, awesome you would think after you messed it up maybe like the third time one of the higher up gods like zeus would be like oh okay let's maybe do a job reassignment here we're gonna put cupid in like hr uh -huh. or something you know what i mean like, you oh no this is way this is a, we can't bring hr into greek mythology we can't i think every <laughs> oh, yeah, single fair, relationship fair, fair. Would that's be true actually rough. yeah i take that back i take and of, like of all the gods there's no way that zeus would want an hr department i take that back no I take that back. but like you <laughs> no. would think that after after messing it up a couple of times cupid would be reassigned like he would not be in charge of pairing up people and yet <laughs> and yet yeah, he here he is um, um did you see i when i was reading about cupid i saw that um there were often lots and lots of depictions of him with dolphins there, no. like, there was tell this, me about yeah, this, he, like this does he swim like, with dolphins or fly yeah, with sometimes them? he's sw swimming with them sometimes he's riding them um and so does the, he the... inspire love amongst the dolphins well, the idea is that uh, for the Romans, it it kind of represents the soul's journey, like so that the love and the soul were kind of intertwined with one another. And it's about like your soul's desired destiny. And it's quite a deep mm. allegory. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you, Cupid. 
Um, <laughs> Cupid and his dolphins. I see that Cupid being like and a, his pet dolphins. Yeah. Old children's book or something. Cupid well, you don't dolphins. really hear often of of gods keeping pet dolphins. No, more I, so. You know, we we talk a lot about dogs. We talk a lot about cats. We I mean, talk a lot about birds. Maybe. Yeah. But, Anybody um, got a dolphin? No. No. I've never had one dolphin. I've not even had a little bit of dolphin in my life. Um, okay. Speaking of love stories, I feel like there's one core piece of mythology around Cupid that is reinterpreted in pop culture. And I think is a good kind of, let's say Valentine's Day <laughs> story to go through for Cupid as well. Um, so uh, there was uh, once a famed beauty named Psyche um, who was so beautiful that she threatened um, Venus uh, um, basically that everyone worshipped so much that the love goddess sent Cupid to work her revenge. So she's just so beautiful that she must be taken right, down. Right, like Psyche was a was just a regular mortal human yes, woman, right? That was and Venus was in jealous. Yes. Yeah, and Venus was jealous because Psyche was so beautiful and desirable that people were essentially distracted by her and were mm -hmm. almost worshiping her instead yes. of venus and they right? weren't who going was a, to her who was a god who like yeah and so like they were ignoring venus's altars and were not giving her her due attention mm -hmm. right okay yeah so venus sends cupid to i mean basically deal with that but he upon seeing her becomes so enamored with psyche um that he like arranges for her to be taken to his palace and he visits her by night um, and they slowly kind of start falling in love, but he warns her not to try uh, looking at him. Um, and because that would kind of like spoil their relationship that they, for whatever reason, he was shy. He didn't want to be seen in the light, only in the dark. Uh, and you know, first, first love, brand new love, you get a little bit of stage fright. Yeah, you know. and I think just that, you know, human and God um, imbalance uh, that he would be in trouble. Also, I guess mom would be upset. Um, yeah. yeah, but basically- Hale is old as time, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Psyche's sisters uh, convinced her that her lover must be some sort of hideous monster because why would this person not come out of the dark? Why is she not allowed to see him? Um, why would that be uh, a deal breaker for their relationship? And so she finally introduces a lamp um, into their chamber, an oil lamp, and startled by his beauty, she drips hot oil from the lamp and it wakes him. And in some versions we talk about Cupid being blind. There is some versions where she spills the oil on his eyes and blinds him. Um, yeah. And basically he takes off um, and is startled and abandons her. Um, so she wanders the earth looking for him and finally submits to the service of Venus who kind of inadvertently caused all of this, who kind of basically like tortures her. And the goddess uh, sends Psyche on a series of quests. And they're all a little bit uh, like simple and a little bit like juvenile, I would say. Like there's one where, oh, you've got to just assemble all the gold wool from the sheeps. Um, so uh, she's she takes it off all of the bushes. Um, she uses like an eagle in one. Like there's a lot of like help from the animals. It seemed very Snow White to me. <laughs> like that uh, wow. basically there's always divine intervention that helps her with all of her tasks, um, including one where like ants reassemble piles of stone for her and all these things. Um, but anyway, she does all of them. And um, basically on her final task, 
she is sent um, to retrieve a dose of beauty from the underworld. Um, basically beauty in a, a little bit of a box. And so she's sent down to the underworld and she succeeds, but on her way back, she can't resist opening the box and finding out what beauty looks like. Um, and when she opens the box, she realized that, it, well, either beauty is so much that it overwhelms her or that it, the thing inside the box is actually sleep and it puts her into a deep sleep, which again, very, you know, Disney princess. Um, well, speaking of that, yeah, like, so what I was reading is that, of course, that became a very famous story and it was retold over and over and over again, depending on which era people were living in. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially it became like an allegory of love overcoming death or love mm -hmm. overcoming and it's about horrible to. things yes so um and so there was a book written in i think the 1700s called la bella le bet which mm -hmm. which was beauty and the beast which was the one that inspired of course the disney beauty and oh the cool beast. so there is a yeah so it's like there. there's years there's that thread and then also too you were talking about um you know she ended up with there are so many stories of psyche having um, help from animals and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's a very Disney princessy trope. Mm -hmm. um, so we can see how yeah. all of these stories inspired all of the, the stories that came after them. Yeah. But uh, the story doesn't quite end there because that would be super bleak and sad. And as I said, this was supposed to be a Valentine's Day story. Oh, it's a happy story. Uh, right. So she's fallen into a uh, deep, deep sleep and Cupid finds her in this state and essentially revives her in one of three different variations that I've, that I've found. One, where he just puts the sleep or the beauty back in the box. Um, hey, that'll, you know, it was must have been swirling around doing its little magical thing and he just prevents it Ghostbuster style. Um, <laughs> the second is that he uh, pricks her with an arrow, one of his arrows like of the gods. And because um, it is like an immortal arrow or there's something about like the bloodletting and like the fact that it makes her immortal too because she's been touched by this kind of divine um object godly object and uh my favorite one which is uh she essentially is given immortality soup <laughs> it's like some sort of potion but in the versions that i could found it's just like a bowl of of godly soup and she drinks it and just becomes immortal um oh. yeah uh, there's also a variation of this uh, story in which uh, Psyche, during their, I don't know, frisky phase, uh, becomes pregnant. And throughout all of this, uh, you know, sad multitask, the trips to the underworld is pregnant. And so um, upon her immortality, um, the couple, uh, like, uh, they wed. And in some versions, they even have a daughter uh, named Pleasure. Um, so you have all three of them as a kind of a happy family. We'll find out if that's the case in real life or it's just a, I have a romantic uh, understanding of the way that this went down. But um, yeah, it's kind of, it is a sweet story of, of uh, love. And I think as we've seen, as you're saying that the, the trickle down effect of Disney princesses, I think that this um, mythology, even though I wasn't as familiar with it previously, is definitely very prevalent in, in a lot of storytelling now. Um, but Madrin, I think, was it last week and maybe even the week before that, where we said that's not where it goes because as soon as you get the, the Christianity in there, everything yep. goes sideways. Everything, they have a tendency to 
uh, warp it uh, one more time. So they just get in we, there and muck about. Yeah. yeah. So we had the first version of Cupid, which we, we let's say we said early teen, 12 year old Cupid. Uh, then we had aged down Cupid into infant. Um, then we had this kind of adventuring <laughs> Cupid who is clearly old enough to have children. And now um, basically the, the Christians decided to take what they wanted out of Cupid which is really just the appearance of Cupid into almost their paintings and everything. And that's where they got the, the cherubs. So you've got these um, young infants that with their trumpets and their wings, and they're basically um, second in command under the angels. And so they get worked into this um, idea of heaven and, and they get kind of re-ranked. And the actual tradition of Cupid versus the cherubs is turned into and almost translated into a demonic monster, which is how I kind of found my tie in for today. Um, there was uh, this kind of started in the 600s. Um, basically, uh, there was a Christian bishop who felt that uh, Cupid was a demon of fornication and discussed how Cupid as a figure represents an irrational and foolish love not one that is true. So this idea, I mean, I guess he was a bad shot and he did do some crazy stuff that they felt he was too irresponsible with love and became this kind of demon of fornication instead of the wholesome love that that heaven can provide and the values of the Bible and all of these things. Not to undermine those. for really fun stories, though. Yeah. Um, uh, There's also somebody who wrote... um, uh, Theodolf in <laughs> in his writing De Libris uh, said that the demon of fornication is terrible and wicked. It drags wretches down to the brutal purgatory of loose living. It is prompt to deceive and always ready to do harm. Since it has the devil's force, uh, it reinforces sinful experiences at command. So essentially, yeah, they, they morphed as they often have done, right? We've seen this where they said, the Greek gods and the Roman gods are too frivolous in these stories. They're, they represent unchristian values. Let's just subvert them into a demon so we can say that nobody should have anything to do with that. And our new stuff is better and it will teach you how to be a better person. Um, but I, Well, I'm that's kind of Christianity in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> Forget all that stuff you used to know. Our stuff is better. I don't mean to turn this into the monstrology brings <laughs> on Christian segment, uh, but it seems to have been a theme in a bunch of the mythology that we see another turn um, where we get into our more monstrous demonic entity where, where we see uh, the dark side of um, something that traditionally has represented uh, kind of a wholesome uh, altruistic love. And we know that there's the two types of arrows. So I would say that that is maybe the only thread that I can find between, you know, Cupid the demon and Cupid the god of um, love. Um, but we did have the arrows for, um, you know, revulsion and love. So, so it, there was some polarity built in there. Um, yeah, but uh, I, that's that's my my wide ranging, hopefully informative understanding of Cupid uh, throughout the ages and under the way that we understand him to be now. Um, Madrin, I think you said that you had maybe a couple uh, Cupid uh, adjacent monsters as well. 
Well, I maybe they're not. Mon- I mean, kind of in the same way that Cupid is also not really a monster monster. Mm-hmm. I, I did find one that was very, very similar to that, like Greek, Roman, our you know Western traditional idea of um, Cupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Hindu deity named Kamadeva, or often just referred to as Kama. Mm-hmm. Tons of crossover here. I was really surprised by this. He is the Hindu god of erotic love, desire, mm. and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And often, hey, that's the female... whole family. That's right? the whole Cuban family. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he often has a female counterpart named uh, Rati. Mm. And again, very, very similar to our idea of that, like, especially that original idea of Cupid. He's depicted as a handsome young man, mm. and he wears lots of beautiful ornaments and flowers and he has a bow made out of sugar cane and shoots oh. arrows made out of flowers that's very valentine's day too so sugar valentine's day yeah and like and even his he has five specific different flowers mm. so he has a white lotus uh an ashoka tree flower a mango tree flower a jasmine flower and a blue lotus flower hmm and, and then it, also, if we're going with our Disney princess often helped by animals theme, very, very often he is depicted as having um, animal companions like bees, parrots, cuckoos. And then mm-hmm. he even has the ability oftentimes to change into the gentle breeze of spring. Oh, like kind of a concept. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that like kind of the equivalent of when vampires are allowed to just transform into mist? <laughs> like it's like usually a, a bat, yeah. but just kind of just you're like, oh, you're just an essence now. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of. Yeah, and cool. there's a very there's kind of a famous story of him about um uh like he he um he creates uh like there's this maiden that who's you know of course there's always there's always the maiden right mm-hmm. and um tries to like hook her up with another man but then he becomes infatuated with her himself Uh. and so to get past this other man's guards he turns himself into just the spring breeze Mm. to be able to get past him uh yeah and then ultimately they end up like this other man finds out about it and opens his third eye and turns kava into like burns him to ash basically um but again you know it kind of ends up with a a nice story by the end of it is um but then the woman convinces her boyfriend basically to like resurrect him uh and so he does uh, and um like he gets ends up being reborn reborn and yeah like it's very mm. you know it's very it's nice. kind of a love is eternal quality even though he's yes. burned to ash he is reborn through his so, ashes yeah, like, so so he gets to still kind of live on in a disembodied form mm. and and kind of takes on the spirit of love Mm. and so he's just kind of like disseminated across the cosmos Mm. afflicting humanity with this general spirit of love and affection okay well that's nice yeah it's kind of nice it's kind of nice Um... and then there's another one the the stories themselves are very different from cupid um but there is an an egyptian deity called bez Mm -hmm. and 
I I kind of latched onto this a little bit because he so he generally he was the protector of households which specifically meant like mothers and children in childbirth and things like that but then he became to kind of just generally be known as the defender of everything that is good and the enemy of everything that is bad mm. so it kind of took on this like love and then because he was associated with like with children and birthing children it kind of got tied in of course to like desire and sexuality and like the actual act of having children and things like that mm. but what i really liked about bez is that the way he is depicted looks so much like our idea of what cupid is he is this short chubby like looks almost like a treasure troll <laughs> character and he often wears this um i I can't call it a hat. I don't know what I would call it. this headwear that have these like big feathers coming out the top of it as well. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's kind of, that seems very uh, wing. Is it very tall? Well what is the form of this headwear? In looking at the picture, the headwear is as big as this guy's torso. Okay. Like a, yeah. like a chef's hat. <laughs> yes but tall if it was, and feathered if it was only made of feathers okay yeah. okay yeah but yeah i thought i like um because the egyptians tend to have quite different ideas versus when we compare them to like say roman and greek mythology and that sort of thing too so it's not exactly that they have a specifically like god of love that mm. like forces you to be in love you know two people to be in love with each other but i just thought that this was like it's interesting that they had this deity that was specifically about the protection of households which kind of by default meant of women and their young children mm. and of childbirth and yeah and definitely he looks like if you could imagine an egyptian cupid <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. I like seeing all the different interpretations of the way that we look because they, we have always such a strong idea of what that singular thing is. And always I find when we go through this, that idea changes for me, like it permanently kind of alters the way that I imagine uh, the monster to be. So we're going to find out soon. Uh, well, we will, <laughs> the uh, the listeners won't, but we'll do our best to describe it, uh, what, what Cupid looks like. Um, Madrin, I think maybe we should take a, little bit of a break and uh, when we get back we'll dig into some uh, pop culture well the first thing that i thought of in terms of pop culture for cupid was actually a show called man seeking woman do you remember the show madrin it was like I think FX or FXX or whatever they called it at the time. Um, and it's shot in Toronto and it's got uh, Jay Baruchel and all of his kind of uh, dating. And I think it was an adaptation of like a book or a comic or something. But anyway, it's it's got these kind of like fantasy infused love stories. And there's one episode um, with Cupid and Cupid is played by Yorma from The Lonely Island. And it's like the one of the best cameos I've ever seen, where basically his parents, uh, you know, the god of uh, love, and I think it's Zeus in this version or whatever. And um, he, he like gets out of a car, and he's clearly like a 
a poor like rap producer or whatever and he's drinking too much syrup and stuff and and he gets there and it's like an intervention with his parents to like tell him to stop drinking so much um and he's just like unhinged and so his parents say like you gotta get your stuff together like you gotta like focus on the job and he's like ah fine whatever i'll do the stupid job and he shoots an arrow out of whatever his godly realm and it hits jay baruchel and that's the premise of the episode um but it's i don't know i i don't want to spoil all the details of the cameo but you can just go find a like five minute clip of of this sketch basically that that bookends the episode and it's awesome um so i definitely recommend both that show and specifically that cameo because i think it's my favorite interpretation of cupid in uh, movies and tv um there wasn't a ton of movies i would say as well madrin but i did find one. Oh yeah and it's you um, seem you see i know dear listeners you cannot see his face but will seems very excited to tell us about this movie well it's a horror movie <gasps> yes! i found it on tubi um which is a free uh movie service that presents you movies with ads and um look this movie wasn't good <laughs> uh this the the writing wasn't great but it delivered on being a monster cupid movie of which nice. there are so few <laughs> and um basically the premise is it's uh, a school and um in this version cupid is like a demon that you summon who uh, do you remember our whole story that we talked about in the mythology um with psyche where basically he saved her from her deep slumber by like pricking her with an arrow mm-hmm. um but in this version in the horror film um the uh arrow itself um was poisoned uh by venus and so the it led to the death of psyche and so the demon decide like psyche dies and uh, cupid is haunted by this loss and he decides that if he can't have love no one can and he's consumed by like a deep hatred that spurns him into this demonic form where basically he's um becomes a, a wrecking ball of destruction um and so these high school girls or daughters find this book kind of like death note style and they say like i don't want love to exist and cupid goes on a rampage for 24 hours and kills a whole bunch of people with his bow and arrow and poison and there's some kind of exciting kills in the movie even though i find the script to be really grating i feel like they did fun things with it um but uh yeah that's there's a high school girl who's getting picked on by other high school girls who like has a crush on her teacher and so she tries to summon like use cupid originally to get her teacher to fall in love with her it doesn't work and then she turns to um cupid as a demon after a whole bunch of the girls basically trick her and set her up with her high school teacher and like embarrass her in front of the whole school and all this stuff and she's like fine i don't want love anywhere and the demon summons cupid and cupid just starts murdering everyone in cold blood um and that part was fun and uh it was a movie and it exists and uh it's critically very bad but um i watched it (laughs) and um well just because the critics didn't like it doesn't mean it's not great i will say that 
the first like it, it clearly had very little money like you can tell it's just uh, put together because they wanted to give it a go um it's this guy who also made the horror winnie the pooh movie that's coming out like nice. he does like a billion of these um horror films and so i think maybe if i'm having <laughs> difficulty finding a monster movie this is going to be the guy i turn to because apparently he green lights everything um but it opens with like a four minute kind of like picture book retelling where they just use two shots like their inserts where they superimpose like drawing on top of it and then another shot where the hand is slightly moved so anyway you can tell the budget is bad right away and in their setup before you get to the main plot whoever it is and I don't mean to rip on this because I feel like a lot of actors are not done a service by their dialogue which is sometimes very bad but his accent is so confusing. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's English or American or Southern American. He seems to be doing a combination of all three of those things. And it's really awful. <laughs> and so you just got to ride out the first 10 minutes, everybody. And then you'll get into some sort of bad Jennifer's body movie. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know. Um, but it totally functions as a Valentine's Day movie because it's in the days leading up to Valentine's Day and then keep its rampages on Valentine's Day. Um, so that nice. that part checks out. Anyway, that I found track. a movie and I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I did not find any movies, but I do actually immediately three television series came to mind when we were talking about this. And so mm -hmm. I'm very glad to talk about usually, you know, I try to keep it to two TV, but, you know, I'm happy to talk about all three. So first one was one of my absolute favorite childhood television shows uh xena warrior princess mm -hmm. uh in xena warrior princess uh there is a character that is cupid played by is everyone ready a young carl urban oh really love him love him so much yes in this like very short spiky um kind of billy idol style huh. wig he is kind but, of punk rock eh and a little bit short. well and like <laughs> and because of the because of, you know it's it's xena right they kind of sexualize everybody he's shirtless every time you see him mm -hmm. with these prosthetic wings love it so much so yeah he appears in a couple of different episodes and of course xena and hercules had crossover so there was crossover of cupid there mm. so in this one cupid is the god of love and the son of aphrodite and then they don't specify who the father is. Oh, it could have been any of the three. Right. We yeah, don't they're, know. They're vague on the we details there. Uh, and within the world of Xena, his job is to spread love to mortal beings by causing them to fall in love with one another. And he was often in those more humorous episodes of Xena because oftentimes um, his plots would revolve around him disagreeing with Aphrodite as to how to do his job because mm -hmm. of course she was his mother but also his boss mm -hmm. so she he didn't really like having to take her orders and so would often end up like getting into trouble with doing mm -hmm. those things yeah it was so like a very was really ar a arrested development situation where the children yeah, are always kinda. doing the opposite of what the parents asked them to do yep and the parents probably um, aren't doing anything good either <laughs> no yeah uh and then of course Cupid makes an appearance on an episode of Supernatural. Because mm -hmm. uh, what you can't have Supernatural without <laughs> color me about... surprised, <laughs> exactly right. Um, so in the world of Supernatural, Cupid is a cherub, obviously, uh -huh. uh, which are like they're a type of angel, but they're really quite low in heaven's hierarchy, and really their main job is just to 
pair up. What's what's specifically interesting about the supernatural version of them is that they're ver- they are tasked with pairing up important bloodlines. So okay. like people who should be fated to tie their families together and have children for these like kind of fate oh. destiny style pairings. Because of course we find out later um that Cupid, the the cherub that our heroes Sam and Dean talk to, Cupid says that uh like it was important that Sam and Dean's parents got together. Mm-hmm. And so this, and so of course, because like as this show went on, the importance of Sam and Dean in the universe and their world-saving abilities became more and more important. Of course, so like they were tying in the fact that it was vital, kind of to humanity, <laughs> that Mary and John Winchester get married and have these two sons. Mm-hmm. So like that, that it's was a required like divine intervention. Like yes. fate has decided that this has to happen. Yeah. So they're just yeah. doing their right. bidding. It's not so much that they're mucking about, it's that they're fulfilling their right. Or yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course I was reminded of a very short-lived television series, but you know, it was kind of cute. It was kind of fun. That was simply called Cupid. I don't know if you ever saw this. It was on TV. Is this the sitcom? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, it was kind of a sitcom. Like the win so it starred uh Bobby Cannavale and Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm both of whom went on to become much more famous um, for their particular roles and things like that too. Um, But the premise was really cute. Like Cupid is a bartender who's just trying to help people fall in love. And he ends up in the pilot, he ends up helping this guy um, vandalize the parade in New York on New Year's uh, in an effort to catch the attention of this girl that he had met for like, 20 minutes before back in dublin mm-hmm. uh, and so because of course this bartender everyone's like why why are you doing this like so he th- he keeps telling people that he's actually cupid that, that it's actually his destiny to pair up people so he gets court ordered to have three months of psychological evaluations to keep him out of here and that's where sarah paulson's character comes in she's his psychiatrist i see and so throughout his sessions and things like that he basically tries to convince her that he is cupid and then of course part of the story is that in every episode he pairs up these seemingly mismatched or seemingly unfated to be together people Mm. and every time he matches up a, a couple this uh, he's got like a beaded curtain in his apartment, and every time he matches oh, no. up, uh, <laughs> every time he matches up a couple, a new bead appears. Okay, because apparently, like that, he he got kicked out of uh, Olympus, and so he has to pair up a hundred couples in mm. order to be able to get back home to Mount Olympus. Um, but what was interesting is I remember too. There's an episode where he tells the story like seemingly that it happened to somebody else about this professor who had fallen in love with one of his colleagues and a previous lover of this professor is jealous and tries to ruin the new relationship by making the man out to be a monster like proverbially Mm -hmm. and not being able to take all these rumors about him the new woman takes a whole bunch of pills and basically falls into a coma. Mm. So that's kind of their version of the Cupid and Psyche story of like, oh, you know, Psyche heard the, her sisters were trying to convince her that this guy was a monster. Mm -hmm. And then she opens the box and falls into this deep sleep. Mm. 
that does it. (laughs) But that was kind of like the modern version of it, right? That like this old jilted lover was spreading these rumors about what a terrible Mm -hmm. person this guy was, like a proverbial monster, you know? There's also a uh, little known television cartoon. I don't know if you've heard of it, imagine uh, Looney Tunes. Um, Um, Yeah, that sounds maybe a little... Is it an IP that you're familiar with? It's maybe come up in conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a short called The Stupid Cupid where the role of Cupid is taken by Elmer Fudd (laughs) and he keeps just like kind of flying around um, and making the animals fall in love. And then um, after that, he, uh, he basically hits Daffy Duck with an arrow and he falls in love with a chicken who's already married to a rooster. (laughs) And so there's, there's a discrepancy of, of uh, Daffy trying to like, I don't know. The first thing I thought was like, oh, they're going full Muppet Gonzo on this. <laughs> like him trying yeah, that, to get right, with the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then um, Elmer has to try like arrows of various sizes and it's uh, it kind of goes back and forth with that getting resolved and unresolved. Um, but honestly, it's nice. And I like that kind of old animation style where they're really extreme with like the angles, like there's comedy just in the physical interpretation of, of the characters, which I think is really um, neat. Um, so you can check out that. Uh, there's also a character, um, Wonder Woman, in which uh, Eros is a recurring character. So this is um, oh. not necessarily as Cupid, but as Eros. And uh, though he trades in his uh, bow and arrow for guns and bullets, um, basically has the same effect where you shoot someone, they fall in love. Um, but uh, Wonder Woman doesn't like him very much because she believes that... that um, Eros removes free will, and he's uh, sometimes like unrepentant about uh, shooting partners who don't want anything to do with each other. And so she has issue with his quality control of his uh, job, which fair enough. I mean, that's always, I think, a gray area with with Cupid is the responsibility. And, and I feel like that's why we see so much less of, um, you know, like the love potion trope now because it's just Mm -hmm. a little bit like icky, like there's a responsibility, I think, in the way Cupid works generally that comes from a good place. Um, but yeah, and especially this too, one, like it's, it's too casual, you know. That, well, and and Wonder Woman's whole jam is about like honesty and leading with integrity, mm-hmm. and and that that sense of truth mm-hmm. when it comes to things. So I could see why she really takes umbrage to this depiction of cupid where it's just like forcing two people together under very false pretenses Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean if we're if we're just going down the the line of uh people falling in love that had not intended to fall in love and it's kind of cupid's fault uh there's the old play uh midsummer night's dream in which uh oberon sends puck to get a certain flower it's called love and idleness and um the juice uh, from that flower is squeezed into somebody's eyes when they're asleep, which um, makes them fall uh, in love with the first thing they see upon waking. And um, the way that this flower was created, which in, in Shakespeare's lore, is that um, Cupid's arrow missed a would-be lover and hit the flower instead. And so the flower got this property, and that's why it's love and idleness because cupid's power has i guess endowed it with love and then the the fairies mess around with it so i thought that was a neat detail as well of a really um key story and i think something that people probably miss a lot of the time because i think even 
Puck is seen as a bit of a Cupid in terms of the way that he plays love. But uh, Puck is also seen as a demon and like he's more mischievous than Cupid. So I, I like the clarity of this where Cupid is not involved, but Cupid's magic is <laughs> kind of uh, Well, and it like used. a little bit gets co-opted and used for yeah. personal amusement. But of course, by the end, everything works out and all of the lovers are actually in love with one another and so on and so yeah forth. although i will say i i've i've done this play a couple times and it's always one of those things where like demetrius is kind of an asshole but in the end he completely has his free will annihilated because it's like <laughs> yeah, at some point true. they're like hey you love this person instead he's like okay and then everyone else gets fixed and gets to fall back with who they're supposed to be in love with and he just does not <laughs> he just stays oh. in love with with uh who puck kind of manipulated them with which well hey, and wonder it's woman better to be in love than not in love with but yeah. Wonder Woman would have a problem with that. Exactly. But I guess right. It... He spends the whole play trying to spurn Helena's advances. Yeah. And then eventually is kind of forced to, you know, take them and receive them. And then they all immediately get married and there's no one doing it. So I think, you know, there's an argument to be made that he's happier that he's in love. But there is also an argument to say that his free will has been annihilated and is just doing whatever worked out well to be convenient for the plot. Um yeah there's uh an episode of the twilight zone about cupid uh called ye gods um where cupid sprinkles uh todd ettinger and a woman who he has just bumped into with magic dusts so that they instantly fall in love with each other um and he later strikes todd with an arrow three times so that the feelings will intensify um but uh it makes sense that cupid make an appearance in the x file or sorry not the x files in the twilight zone <laughs> <laughs> not the precursor same. yeah the similar not the same I um i thought maybe there would be an x-files episode but i couldn't find one yeah. um so they missed out it turns out they didn't scrape the barrel enough uh, in x-files rude <laughs> rude <laughs> it's true i mean sometimes you're like what does this have to do with anything and sometimes i go you missed out guys you missed out on cupid you could have had a great episode about cupid and <laughs> that's why you guys didn't last um yeah um i when i was looking to do the pop culture research on this i was reminded of this old song uh called stupid cupid which was oh, a huge hit like the looney tunes? francis yeah well i'm sure that looney tunes got the title from the connie francis song because this came out in 1958 um and i don't know how it is that i have this knowledge of all of these like really bubblegum teeny bopper hits mm -hmm. from the 50s but oh. maybe maybe it's from growing up in in windsor because all of the radio that we would get when i was a kid -timey was, rock and roll. came out of well it came out of detroit right so yeah. it was all um like doo-wop and motown and that sort of thing so mm -hmm. anyway so i but i but i already know so i know about this song it came out in 1958 big hit for connie francis mm -hmm. of the uh tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree fame mm -hmm. if for anybody who wants to reference another very old song um what I didn't know, though, is that this was a, a co-written by Neil Sedaka, who, oh. like, of big, huge hit fame. Um, but yeah, the, like, the song itself is just really silly, very bubblegummy pop, basically about this, like, teenage girl who's just so frustrated because she's in love with this boy who doesn't want anything to do with her. And, like, and the the chorus always ends with, uh, stupid Cupid, stop picking on me. Mm -hmm. And, like, but the thing that made it such a hit for Connie Francis is that in the 50s there was this kind of 
subgenre of pop that was specifically aimed at teenagers. And it was always this very puerile, campy, really quite saccharine sweet, basic stuff that was oh. always about how like, oh, this, this teenage girl is in love or this teenage boy is in love and this unrequited love and we can't be together. And isn't it so oh so tragic? to be 16 and be in love and like basically that's the entire genre well speaking of, of the, the tragedy of being um 16 or a teenager in love do you remember the song cupid shuffle i was gonna talk about this song i didn't know about this at all until Were i started you? doing the research you go to the it. left to the left to the left to the left to the yeah. right to the right to the right to the right down down do your dance do your dance do you remember hearing this all the goddamn time It'd be like I oh don't. it's time for a bunch of children's to dance We've already played Mambo number five and uh, we don't have any more songs with well, lyrics that tell you what to do. So I guess it's it time always, for the Cupid Shuffle. It was always, almost always paired with the cha-cha slide. Oh yeah. Because it was basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like slide to the left, slide to the right. You know what's really funny though? And again, I only know about any of this because I purposely did the research for this episode. So the guy who made the song called Cupid Shuffle mm -hmm. called himself Cupid. Uh-huh. It's That's, Cupid it Shuffle. Jam. By Cupid. Yeah, Cupid's Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, exactly. That song was released on an album in 2007. It was a minor hit. Like, apparently it made it to number 66 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh-huh. In 2012, so five years later, he decides to audition for The Voice like the big ABC or NBC. Oh, really? Show, like with where Christina Aguilera and like CeeLo Green were uh -huh. the judges and all that sort of thing. He, despite this already being on an album and having charted on the Billboard Hot 100, he uses this as an audition song. In the first the round? In the first round. And none of the judges chose him. That's rough. Because the that whole is a deal, sad life story. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of The Voice, but the whole deal is that the judges have their backs to the performer, so mm -hmm. that they're only basing their judgment of whether or not they want to work with them, like continue them on in the series. They're only basing it off of the sound of their voices, mm -hmm. not what they look like or how they're dressed or if they're danced or whatever, right? So apparently, <laughs> this guy uses a song that was already like kind of a minor hit for him. No one on The Voice wants him. Mm -hmm. But then once they turned their chairs around to look at him, CeeLo Green recognized him uh -huh. and then told him on the spot, you need to perform another song so that you can prove to these other people that you can actually sing. Yeah. Because he's like, because I, as a fellow hip hop artist, know who you are. Yeah. Which is, this his, is clearly not his way work. of running it back. Where you're like, hey, we <laughs> yeah. thought you were doing a bad impression of a song that we knew. Turns out you're just bad, but we are very famous and I don't want to embarrass you on live TV. So That's exactly can you it. do something else? Or I guess not yeah. live TV, recorded TV. <laughs> That's, what we That's why I can't handle those yeah. shows. It feels like it's always engineered just to be like cringy. Oh, they're so engineered. Of course yeah. they are. Um, but yeah, I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh my God, this guy is like already a minor celebrity. So why even at that point do you choose to audition for The Voice? Mm -hmm. Like if you're already a minor celebrity... Isn't that show so just supposed to be for amateurs? There's um one other song that I thought of when I was thinking Cupid. Cupid's a real hit maker, as we've learned yeah. from from Yorma uh, as well on uh, Man Seeking Woman. Um, but uh, there's a song uh, Cupid's Chokehold, 
which samples um, Super Tramp's uh, Breakfast in America. That was a big oh. hit. I remember when I was in high school and I had the record and I had vinyl players at the same time. I like, this is so cool. I got my record players. I got the old record that I got from a, you know, <laughs> literally from the garbage. <laughs> and it was the same sample that they used for this like um, hip hop song. If you heard it, Madge, and I think you would recognize it because it was definitely like it charted. I don't know at what level, but it was very popular. Um, and I think it it definitely got an extra boom um, from from using the sample. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I definitely I definitely know Super Tramp's Breakfast in America. So. Yeah, well, you know what? On our next break, I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you listen to it, and oh, then uh, we'll, we'll and then we'll all feel like we're up to date. Um, well, I do have uh, one more video game that I'd like to reference for pop culture um, before uh, we take a little break. Um, and you're welcome to chime in with any other pop culture you've got as well, Madrin. Um, but it's uh, there's a Cupid Kirby, which I think is the perfect combination of Cupid and video games. There were some other ones, but this one just seemed appropriate, uh, where he's known as Angel Kirby, and is uh, he uses his copy abilities, and he gets um, little wings and uh, a halo, and he wields a yellow bow, and his arrow doesn't go very far, but I think it's just like, he's the perfect like size and kind of like rotund nature to be like a fun little cherubby Cupid. Um, well, the big, but the big question on everyone's mind as we wrap up this segment, of course, is, is there a Cupid Pokemon? Um. I don't think there is a Cupid Pokemon. <gasps> there is a Cupid like Well, well, we need to mark no, we need to mark this auspicious occasion in our podcast that we have finally come across a creature monster yeah. cryptid, however you would like to describe them that there is not an equivalent. No, like the Pokemon. only thing there is Okay, so this is what I was thinking of is there is a move called Cupid Arrow, which is an attack um, and that's a Pokemon the, move? Yeah, it's a move that Pokemon right. use. But it's not specifically a Pokemon. I don't know. You're right. It is. Uh, there should be one. Maybe uh, it was in the years that I stopped playing. We're going to find out that too, Madrin. We're going to we're gonna put ourselves to work on this break. I'm going to do a little deep dive and see if we've got anything that gets well, close here. And you're going to listen to that song by uh, we, Jim Classic. Again, for the first time in Monstrology history, we have assigned ourselves homework for the breaks. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Oh. All right. And by, and by assigned ourselves, I mean Will has given us both tasks. Yeah. To do. All right. Well, we uh, we're going to take a break. And after our very exciting tasks, which are not homework, we're going to be joined by Cupid himself. And uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Okay, so we are back. Um, I believe that Cupid is going to be joining us. We sent um, uh, Bernice out there. Bernice um, was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to make a claim about her exact age, but she was getting up there. She said she was looking for love and uh, she said she was close to finding it. So we're pretty sure, you know, Cupid is uh, around somewhere. Cupid, are you there? Is this thing on? Oh. Is this thing on? Oh, hello, hello. Oh, Cupid, on, Cupid. Well, you broke yeah. imagine your your appearance has has absolutely. Uh... I have that effect on people. It's just what I do, you know. It's um, just who I am. You know. To, to, What's to your those... name again, Bernice? My name's 
my name's Will. This is okay. uh, Madrin, who's been That's uh, Madrin over instantly there. Hello, struck Madrin. by your presence. Um, I have, again, I have that just, effect on people. <laughs> just for, for the listeners at home, uh, Madrin, can you describe uh, Cupid uh, and, his, and his appearance? Please. It is excruciating uh, detail, darling. <laughs> well, let's see. Our, our Cupid here is uh, wearing his shirt open. Yes. Uh, com- I'm, I'm assuming completely down to the navel. <laughs> it's a little uh, chilly today. I thought well, I'd put something on. Who knows deep, how far down it's open, Madrin? We've deep, just got it from deep, the chest up. Yep, deep heart red shirt though, but and but like I said, un unbuttoned. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most fabulous pair of sparkly red heart shaped sunglasses I've ever seen. Elton John would be envious of this look. Wow. He it's, copied this look from yeah. me. That's what where do you he think he got it from, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so you've got a little bit of a connection in the music industry, I guess. I got a, I got my, I got my little hands everywhere, you know. Okay. I get a, I get it all little, uh, in, in all the crevices, you know. I get okay. it in movies sometimes, any, every a few times, you know. And then, then you also have the songs as well, and then the podcasts all about love, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> like I can imagine that, of course, being the the god of love, or at least the influence of love, there mm-hmm. must be. You must have so many connections in in that industry you know there are so many songs about falling in love or falling out of love or out unrequited love so oh, many yeah. poems about the same thing so many mm-hmm. books oh you yeah. really you must know so many artists the whole uh, romance genre is thanks to me madrin i mean i just just went like oh and that was it it just That's started. It, it just you, happened. You I was born to, and then it happened you know you didn't even have to work at it right like oh, you no. you are inherently erotic i mean i don't mean that to be you know exaggerating and that's that's just literally what you are as far as i can tell um i mean i have uh i have one side and i have another side you know i I have other softer uh you know more evil sides oh okay well do you mind if we get into that i mean i found i I heard some evidence that you might have more than one arrow more than one kind of oh you you heard about that huh yeah yeah i mean what did they tell you about my arrows well i heard one um is is an arrow of love you know very sweet positive uh arrow Mm-hmm. And that the other uh, arrow uh, causes um, uh, revulsion and um, and uh, you know causes people to despair. You know, you know, especially when you're you're getting into the the brain waves. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you just love what you hate, oh. and sometimes you gotta sometimes opposites attract. You know. Uh-huh. You have to factor in a lot of different factors when you're going in for love. You know, sometimes hate drives you to that person and you know you just gotta be uh choosy with what you're doing you know the old the old hate so love, are, you know are you saying that the that adage of uh you know opposites attract is, is... i started that oh okay yeah oh. i was now like I was... hey why don't we just get uh this this one person that's like very organized with this other person that's like disorganized and then they like we got we got them together through hatred and uh-huh. then they all they got married lived happily ever after mm-hmm. you know you know what 
it's it's a good kind of buffer match. And you think generally people who, who are opposites and they hate each other and they want to fight, but it's better if they get almost close to fighting and then they just kiss instead, right? That's exactly. Yeah. Oh. Out, Isn't you know? that just I mean, like I... the most erotic thing you've ever heard? <laughs> Absolutely. I, guess so, I mean yeah. that 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 enemies to lovers trope is huge in lots of romance novels. Mm-hmm. Like so many movies are, oh you know, God. that's basically it, right? And you can see two people fighting, and then I as the audience member just sit there yelling, just kiss. Uh right we all want it just do it right right (laughs) i guess so yeah Um, palpable energy give in give in give in just let it happen you know let the wave take you (laughs) yeah and to whatever yeah it's like those dolphins they always glide forward you see i I like to swim with dolphins sometimes okay and you know they always move forward and i just love that you know Oh, we're always okay, moving so forward in love we yeah i mean when we were doing our research here i found quite a bit of uh you know lots of depictions in in paintings and on you mm-hmm. know the sides of Va- so much sides of vase kind of stuff going on where yeah. uh it seems like you like to hang out with dolphins you like to ride dolphins quite a bit and so oh, yeah. is is that true oh yeah oh they're they're one of the most majestic creatures oh i agree they they glide through the air. They can basically fly pretty much. If if don't put them on land, that's their one weakness. Fair. But when you get them in the water, oh my God, can they just? Oh, I what can't they, even can, describe it. They what just are they talking swim. about? That's you know yeah, that's, that's you something I want to know. That's that's what I want to know. Can you communicate with the dolphins? Do you know what they're saying? I'm not supposed to say anything, you know. Well, like if, <laughs> like, like if if you were like no one's listening right now, and you know it's just oh it's just, okay, it's just well us. it's just us. So yeah, I talk to, to dolphins. Say. We we talk all the time. Yeah, yeah. And- they they really uh they focus a lot on the fish. You know what oh. I find they they complain a lot to be honest. Oh, really? Like uh, they're just always talking about how the fish are moving in. They're, they're getting bigger. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So careful what you wish for. Imagine we assume dolphins have this like highly complicated uh, mathematical. Uh, no, they just live and like you just and talking me, about you know? fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Everyone's yeah. just talking about fish, right? Yeah, you go yeah. with what you know, right? Mm. Yeah, you talk about what you know. It's actually where the saying uh, plenty of fish came to be. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Plenty of fish in the sea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're not even fish. fish. That's the funny part. That's the funny part. (laughs) There's plenty of dolphins in the sea, too. Plenty of dolphins. They're mammals. (laughs) Um, So Cupid. Yes. Um, is uh, is Bernice doing okay? I know she was looking for love. Uh, she came and she oh, yeah. actually tracked you down. She doing oh, okay? yeah. I, I took her into the house over here. Oh, and uh, the love palace. Okay, and then we, we've been helping her, we've been doing a lot of things. You know what? Bernice is going to find love, and you know what? We're coming on uh, my favorite day of the year. Do you know what day that is? Oh, I was gonna is ask it... you about this. Is it Valentine's yeah. Day? It's the day before Valentine's oh. Day. Oh, when everyone's panicked and, and trying to find gifts and they ram into that flower shop, you know? Uh, but you, like, you, you like the day that everyone's trying to make their plans for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, I love it. There's the, you got to embrace the chaos, Will. Uh-huh. You got to oh. embrace the chaos that is Valentine's Day. Maybe, you know? maybe I do. Maybe uh, maybe this is the, yeah, that's what I gotta start thinking about. Maybe you should put that on your uh, you got a Tinder profile there, sir. Yeah, looking for chaos. 
Yeah, embrace yeah, the chaos. Embrace, embrace the chaos. chaos. Okay, embrace yeah, that's a great it. slogan. And can right? I quote? Can I quote you on that and say Cupid, Cupid says embrace, embrace the chaos. The chaos. Uh, and then I'll just direct them back to this. Um, yeah. Have you? I feel like you know we're talking about Valentine's Day. Is that a busy day for you? Like, is this, you know, we've had guests that that really have to do a lot of work towards specific days. Like Krampus has a lot of work to do before Krampus not. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have a lot of work to do before Valentine's Day? Oh, well, you know, again, it, well, it's all about riding that wave, you know, mm-hmm. going forward, swimming with the dolphins, right? Again, plenty of fish in the sea, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not fish. Uh, but um, what... It is, it is almost like, uh, uh, oh, how would, uh, yeah, you know, uh, St. Nick, uh, I think they call him something different down there. Uh, uh-huh. what are they? Santa? A Santa Claus? Yeah. Santa Claus, yeah, right. Uh, old Nicky boy and I, we, we, like, we talk all the time, and you know what, I'm like, hey, you get an eve of Christmas, I don't get anything, I just get one day, uh-huh. and, like, I don't get the eve, and that's why oh, you're saying I it love cuts the off day at, before. Like when the sun goes down there should be valentine's eve right that's what i'm that's what i think that would be the friskiest time of day you would think yeah but, you friskiest know. day of the year might you might say yeah well first i mean but if it's just the daytime people are at work they're wasting all their frisky hours you know sitting at mm-hmm. a computer uh having conversations with their you know dumb and, co-workers like, or come whatever. on christmas you get a you get a week off or something maybe even a day sometimes who knows but you know what valentine's you don't get anything what's with that yeah Yeah. what is it come on the day you love take some time for yourself take some time for you and your partner actually Mm -hmm. no you know now that you say that um i uh i had to reschedule a meeting because my manager at work has to go out of town on Valentine's Day this year, oh. so he's oh, going to be separated from his wife. Separ- oh. Well, no, like he's separated from his wife, separated from his kids. He's got to go yeah. work on Valentine's Day in oh. another city. Oh, wow. that's, that's terrible. You're yeah. breaking. You're breaking. Where's the Cupid's love there? Heart. You know Where's what? The love. Cupid. Maybe. You, What's his maybe, name? What's, yeah, maybe what's we their do name? His name's this. Andrew. Andrew. All right. You know what? I'm going to make Andrew. One of my top priorities. Yeah, so we might have a little uh, little switch up for those. Who plans. knows? Andrew, Imagine that meeting might meeting might come back for on. You. Yeah, in we're a good way. In a good way, just though, like right? in, a, in a good way, though, right? The, the good, I, I the like good arrows, we'll bring, right? We'll bring them over to the Love Palace. <laughs> yeah, introduce them to Bernice, maybe. Yeah, although yeah. I suppose no, no, he has no, a no, wife. Maybe you no, know why? Maybe but him he's and married. Bernice might get along. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But he's married to someone else. She's maybe. very nice too. But maybe they're going to be oh, very no. pro, pro open oh, relationship. Oh my gosh! Oh, I didn't even realize. You know what? And I, I my gosh, my god! I didn't even. How did I not know about this? And I usually keep such good track of people Cupid. that are married and people that aren't. And you yeah, know. How- well, let's let's get into that. How do you keep track of that? And and so I guess you believe in the sanctity of of marriage as well. Uh, well, myself, polyamorous. I mean, <laughs> I can't keep this love god down, you know. Yeah, that's but uh, <laughs> but um, I do understand it. I get it. I uh, you love that one person. You don't need anything else, and that's that's okay. That's beautiful. Uh-huh. When you when you have a beautiful thing, you cherish that beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. when when you're in like a a different sort of relationship and you have that communication 
and you and you have and 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 you and your partner are comfortable with it and have talked it through again i don't want to stress i i need to stress this so much communication is key oh that seems like you really have a very healthy grasp of of what makes a good sustainable relationship what a you know what a good healthy communication i hear you know you're talking about boundaries he's got that emotional intelligence you know definitely yeah i well i learned a lot from my brother have you have you guys heard of uh anteros oh i believe yeah yeah he's the he's the god of requited love oh that's a bummer yeah yeah he's a much better shot than i am i gotta say well Look, I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought it might be a sensitive subject. Look, you know but... what? You, you got to embrace your faults. Um... And like, sometimes that's what makes people fall in love with you. I'm just saying. Oh. Sometimes your greatest oh. fault is someone's greatest turn on. Oh. So have you ever had somebody been really into the fact that you couldn't shoot an arrow um, in the direction you had wanted to? I mean, that's how I met my wife. <laughs> wow. That's how I met Psyche. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I was shooting. I was I was helping this one couple, and I was like, maybe they want hatred. And I ended up shooting a love arrow, okay. missed, and found, and ended up like going right in front of Psyche, you know, uh-huh. right in front of her foot. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's me. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, you shouldn't what be a, seeing me like this. What a meet and, cute too, because like. Right? You know, you almost we're adorable. Well, you almost hit her with the arrow, right? But then almost. it wouldn't be earned. We want to see the love be earned. So you you don't quite hit her. Then you have to apologize. You know, maybe she dropped some books or paper that she was holding. You got to pick it back up. Maybe they get mixed oh. up. I don't know what was, happened exactly. Was but... she wearing was she wearing glasses? And then just at a right moment, she slowly took them off, and you realized just how much you were in love with her and just how attractive uh... she was. Now, Madrin, glasses definitely would have helped. They were not invented at that time. I see. They were not I around. I well, I did not look as fly as I do right now. Yeah, and Psyche is perfect in every way. You wouldn't necessarily, you know, want to put glasses on top of that. As okay. that's, oh, well, you know, hey, glasses I love are glasses. attractive. Glasses are attractive, but, but um, if you're perfect, you don't need any accessory. You know, I just think that it's that, that was kind of Psyche's whole thing see that's what i always wanted to change about the you know um uh yeah what do they call them the mythologies yeah the story yeah the mythologies no one's perfect Uh no one's perfect and that's the beautiful thing i mean we love each other for our imperfections not just being perfect there is no perfect Mm -hmm. right come Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. (laughs) hitting us with those deep truths Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. It's Cupid. It's me, mm-hmm. Eros. Hello. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Hey. Um, Cupid, do you yeah. have any uh, plans for the family for Valentine's Day? Uh, I know that you've got a wife. I heard that you might have a kid. I don't know if you can validate that or if, if that's just. Oh, nonsense. well, I, I prefer to keep my kids out of the spotlight. You know, we uh, <laughs> we have a busy enough life as it is. We don't we don't need uh, the paparazzi uh, banging down my gate over here. You yeah, see? that's right. <laughs> it's a thin gate. Yeah, they yeah. they could only uh, warp it uh, with uh, like uh, 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 like iron, you know, and it, it's just very thin because they had to shape it into the heart so that uh-huh. it formed it's, properly. It's decorative. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, the listeners, uh, you can, it, we're getting joined. Do you want to um, describe my house? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we should. It looks kind of like a cartoon version of the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> if it was also, you know, done in the style of um, the Fairly Odd Parents, it's very so large. I was going to say Powerpuff large, Girls, but yeah. Very large hearts. <laughs> Uh, it seems to be that instead of grass, you have clouds, which is oh yeah, which is pretty cool, and I imagine pretty functional for some of the stuff that happens see, around I also here, see you know? two. You have two chimneys, so you have at oh. least two fireplaces. Then that must oh yeah, you know, one on each side the of the house. Oh yeah, so it adds to the romance. What is that? Okay. Now, Madrin, do you like getting cozy next to a, a a warm hot fire? Oh sure, who doesn't? Exactly right. Yeah. That's why we have two rooms for it. What is nice. the let's let's just let's just get into it a little. And bit. sometimes we have clients over, Day. right? Like we we want to make sure they're comfortable as well. What is the the, the sexiest room in your palace? There, what would you what would you say? Oh, oh, that's a difficult question. Um, ooh, because I guess we got to define which what type of sexy you're looking for here. I mean, exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. anything can fly. Any any room can be the room that you love, right? Uh-huh. But you, but from your point of view, what is your favorite sexiest room in the in the palace? Well, you know what? I gotta go with the closet. Oh, the closet. Oh yeah, seven seven sexiest minutes in room heaven, in the house. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a haven. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Why and why is that? Because once you emerge, you're freer <laughs> than a bird on uh, on Valentine's Day. Wow. Well, fair enough. I'm sure a lot of people will relate very positively to that. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, so Cupid, I heard you say uh, just a few minutes ago that sometimes you have clients over to the house. Mm-hmm. Would you care to, to elaborate? Who might these clients be? Well, sometimes people come over to visit, they search for the house of love, and they mm. they want some help, you know, I, and I do my best to make sure that they get the, the guidance and help that they need. Mm. So you kind of, you're, you're a like of a, a love, matchmaker. Love matchmaker. In a way. Uh, a listener. Uh, better than Hitch, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, much better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I look. This is a this is a selfish question. I will say, imagine because I I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but there's one piece of food in the world that I fucking hate. I hate oysters. them so much. What's that? What's <laughs> that? Cupid? Oysters. It's not oysters. It's no oysters. There's one particular food, and it's because there's one particular flavor. And this time of year, they are everywhere, and I'm just smelling it all the time. Is and it it's, cinnamon hearts? It's cinnamon hearts. I I oh. really I love almost all foods, but that artificial cinnamon flavor, I hate it so much. And so, mm-hmm. Cupid, selfishly, I'm wondering if you can weigh in on this. What's your stance on cinnamon hearts? Uh, are you, you know, do you like them, or are you like me, where you just think they are a nightmare, um, created to induce pain? Let me just say this: brilliant design. The heart, Mwah. love sure, it, beautiful. Sure, I'll accept. I'll accept the the heart is is the best part of it. <laughs> They're good in small doses. Okay. Yeah, like a like a relationship that's just starting out. You want to start slow. Uh huh. You want to you want to get things going gradually. You know, uh-huh. you don't want to build things too fast because mm-hmm. you'll burn your mouth that way. Yeah. 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 
So I guess, yeah, too many is no good. The cinnamon hearts for you are just good for a little fling, you know? Go get some cinnamon buns. What's yes. wrong with cinnamon, cinnamon buns? Cinnamon buns are great. Real cinnamon, well, great I, you artificial can, cinnamon. You can shape those yeah. in a heart. I think, well, I think uh, that, that Krispy Kreme's it, right? doing a... Oh, sorry, Matt. When I interrupted well, I was, you, go what ahead. I was just saying, it's, I think that, that maybe that's perhaps where the aversion comes from, is that those cinnamon candy hearts in no way taste like actual cinnamon. No! Actual cinnamon is a delightful little add-on to your uh, cider, perhaps. Yeah, you mix it in. I put some cinnamon in my banana bread. It's just yes. a delightful little... And it is. Little, it's little delightful kiss, in that right? in that context. But cinnamon hearts... Cinnamon hearts? Gross. No. One, one whiff of that and you will ruin hours of my day. Right. Um, at so, least it's only hours yeah I mean, be days. Uh, well if i ate it it would be longer it would ruin my whole day oh uh, well. i don't know if my whole week hopefully i could wake up the next day and and you know put myself together but that's a that's a flavor that's not for me so I mean, are people unexpectedly giving you candied hearts or cinnamon hearts is this why you're so angry about this i feel like it's it's artificial cinnamon so for example if somebody gave me a piece of gum and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love gum. And it turned out to be cinnamon gum. Yeah. And I get a cup, like a bite in. That will okay. ruin my whole day. Oh, I'm <laughs> that, so sorry. It's so strong of a flavor. Yeah. And it's such a hard flavor to get out of your mouth. It is it is a pervasively terrible snack. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I just needed to know. It was a, it was a personal, you know, question I felt like of all the guests it's it's really maybe you could understand better than anyone else but like who came up with this who came up with this idea of artificial cinnamon oh uh, well that was um that was philip in the in the uh candy department uh-huh yeah uh philip has some interesting ideas sometimes and uh some of them are great some of them are great mm -hmm. uh these glasses Phillips. Oh, Phillips wow, idea. No. I like Those are it. spectacular. Right? Oh, yeah, but he's got a big other thing for hearts, I guess, eh? Heart glasses. Oh, heart... well, that's what we do. I mean, yeah. all come hearts. on, we're all hearts. Oh, that's true, actually. We're all, all heart in the end, you know? We are. We are. Unless yeah. it's ripped out Mortal Kombat style, and then you're just you're just well, body, then, then you've been uh, KO! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. As they say. As they um, say. Well, let's let's um create a little scenario uh here, Cupid. Ooh, I love a good hypothetical. Okay, so you know, our listeners are listening to this, and it is, I believe, the day before Valentine's Day. Maybe they're even listening to this on Valentine's Day, and they're trying to figure out the ultimate plans. They they want to woo their 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 new lover, their could be lover, their their old lover, their current flame, whatever. It, what is the ideal Valentine's Day? date cupid i feel like you would know better than anyone else oh oh this is a, a great question well great question um i think the ideal ideal date get down and dirty oh. first of all go at the beginning go to one of those uh what do they call them the seafood places where they have Sushi? like the uh the uh the prawn and like the shrimp and everything and it's all like messy and you have to get like a bib oh. and stuff. Uh-huh. Go get down. Oh, like dirty. the like the captain's boil. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank Red you, lobster. Imagine. You're a seafood guy, is what I'm getting. See the the sea is the place of love. <laughs> yeah, who knows what happens? No, well, down that's there. where the dolphins are. Yeah. That's where the dolphins go. 
Yeah. And like they can't leave. <laughs> they okay, they so, can't leave us. So you know, I go for some seafood and, and then what? What else am I doing with my evening on this perfect day? First, you're getting seafood. Then okay. you're going out to work off some of that seafood. Either get 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 moving. Either go to a dance class. Go 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 uh like go some racquetball or something or or maybe some mini golf. Everybody oh. loves a good mini golf. Oh, I game. love mini golf. Oh, that's good. Right? Definitely yeah. mini golf would be on my ideal date. What about mini golf list. with drinks? How does that sound, mm-hmm. oh, Madrin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know what? I that like I like this plan. And let's say it was a first date and I'm I'm hoping to make that first move, you know. I've 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 taken them out for for lobster and seafood and and it, you know, insects of the sea. And then well, I've I'm going to say that I'm going to stop you there. Okay. I, I love you. I love you for having a date on Valentine's Day. I'm going to recommend to people don't do a first date on Valentine's Day. Well, it's strictly Day. a hypothetical, but a good idea. A very I good mean, point. I mean, still, I'm just going to say it. I, I love all you out there. And yeah, we love the season of love. But sometimes self-love is the greatest love that you can give yourself. Good point. And I just want to say a first date on Valentine's Day, maybe isn't such a great idea. And- I love you. I love you for doing it. And I love you all. Maybe not the greatest idea for you. And Just rethink it. Maybe schedule it for a couple days later. Uh-huh. It's not on a Friday this year. Go That's out good. on the Friday. Uh huh. After, mm-hmm. not before though, right? Yeah. After Valentine's, because I feel like the days before Valentine's Day is also really bad. Like it's if you stressful. have a if you have a yeah. date a couple days before Valentine's, right? And it goes mm-hmm. real well for one person and not so well for the other person. Then you want to do you the second date on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to be stuck mm-hmm. in a, you know, an unrequited love on Valentine's now, Day. Now, I'll say this about second dates on Valentine's Day. Do something during the day. Okay. Don't do something at night. Oh, do the day. during the oh, day. Oh, a day date. A day okay. date. Okay. okay. A day date. But it's okay. So, let's, so first date's on Valentine's Day. No good. Second date. Mm-hmm. A second date on a Valentine's Day, good. But well, let's day. talk about third date on Valentine's Day. Okay, what are we thinking about that? Ah, uh, oof, that is a that is a tough one. Um, well, as my uh, mom slash boss Aphrodite would say, just do it. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Nike who said that? <laughs> well. Yeah, well, they got it Nike from Aphrodite, it? you know, yeah, Aphrodite, right. okay. Venus, yeah. yeah. Sex sells, yeah. Or sex that's what sells. she sex. tells me. I mean, sure. she's not always right. I'll say that. Oh, <laughs> she wasn't fair. right about Psyche. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. And, and now you've got this wonderful uh You've got a wonderful uh, life. And dyna- a lot of dynamic. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, maybe, maybe the third third date is the way to go uh so if there's anybody out there who's the timing lines up maybe that's the, the ultimate uh, valentine's experience i um, do i do remember that when i first started dating my now husband we by the time valentine's day came around we had been dating for about three weeks okay mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. there was this very like oh we should probably do something to acknowledge this but like uh-huh. at that point we hadn't declared you know boyfriend girlfriend status we weren't really sure you know we didn't so there was a lot of like oh i can't just let it be ignored i can't just let it pass by without some sort of acknowledgement but i can't make too big a deal out of it i remember being stressful uh 
what did you end up doing? I feel like I'm I now think... imagine I got to ask you, you've, you've offered this up, you know, what, what went down? Ultimately, I think, because of course I am old enough that this is back in the days of DVDs. Uh-huh. I I bought him the sexiest of. I'm um, I'm so old. We didn't even have glasses. (laughs) Uh, I I bought him a copy of Amelie, which at the time I thought was you know a very nice, cute, romantic movie. Uh huh. Uh, And we watched it at my house. Oh, a little. But yeah, I won't get into you know watching a little jet, so uh, to speak, uh, a little little pre pre Netflix chill, you know. Julie Julie (laughs) Taymor action. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Did Julie Taymor direct that? I, know that. I believe so. Uh, are you thinking of uh, Amadeus, or is that? And now I'm just confusing that's, movies. That's not Julie Taymor. No, not Amelie is. It's, well, maybe you would know. You would know, uh, Cupid. I guess you've got more connections uh, in in the Hollywood system uh, than than maybe uh, I again. Romance was started because of me. Okay, well. This does bring me to my, I think... Hallmark! Uh, Hallmark wouldn't have happened without me. My my last planned question. And Psyche. Really, Psyche is to is the one for that one. Yeah, she really... Do you have... Go ahead. No, I just think... I, I love watching movies. I love binging movies. You know, uh, you know, around Valentine's Day, I always try to find a nice, you know, rom-com to watch. Do you have a romantic comedy that you think is is, you know, good for our listeners to check out this year? Friends with Benefits. Oh, Friends with Benefits. I love that movie. Okay. Mila Kunitz, uh, uh, Justin Timberlake, um, Richard like something or other. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> but they're all great in that movie. Okay. Oh, I love it. I don't think I've actually ever seen that, that scene movie. on top of the on top of the building where they don't get any cell service. Oh, oh. love it. Classic. Oh, gets me every time. And then they, what, do they have to talk to each other because they have no service? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Is that their meet cute? That's that's how we, that, I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone that hasn't seen it. Oh, I haven't like, seen it. But they are friends oh. before. Yeah. Friends and with then, benefits. Oh, wow. That's dangerous. And then they fall in love. She meets his parent. She meets his father. Was the benefit love? It's always about love, Will. Okay, I guess, yeah. Love comes in different forms, right? Mm -hmm. Love starts in many different ways. Yeah, yeah. Like, even as Madrin said, like, you you were dating three weeks before you had officially called it boyfriend and girlfriend, and then you still hadn't called it at that point, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Love starts in many different ways, Will. That's true. Do you have a love language? Uh, You know, some people say their love language is, uh, you know touch or their love language is poetry or their love language is listening or cleaning or you know do you do you have a love language with your with your wife uh, psyche oh well yeah it's it's touch oh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a toucher <laughs> i mean i guess i should have known i imagine it's probably he is cupid he's He's very experienced. He does not seem to age. And so I think he would really excel at um, that particular love language, um, so yeah. to speak. I, agree. Uh, yep. I will say there's a lot of depictions of me uh, that are of an infant. And yeah. I just want to tell tell everyone, I am a man, okay? Yeah. Look, yeah. At, I have a beard and everything, okay? I, I grew this. It's very... Yeah. It's yeah. actually, it also is quite red. Yeah. As is your shirt. 
it is yeah you know and this exact camera angle doesn't allow us to see his full body but i assume that he's just all all man some strong calves i would say probably oh very strong calves (laughs) yeah and um you know good forearms too good forearms um and uh i'm not going to comment on any other features of cuba's body Uh, thank you i appreciate that Yeah, yeah yeah but uh the assumption is good um well and now i've got my movie i know what date not to do on valentine's day um you know uh madrin do you have any other questions about love this is your chance like this is this is i I don't know maybe we let's hope that we get to see keep it again because uh he's a delight but um do you have any other questions coming up revenge of cupid (laughs) yeah maybe Uh, oh well i want to know where you got those spectacular glasses oh oh in the most magical place on earth, Madrin. And you know what? It might be just around the corner from both of you. Mm. The Dollarama. Oh, there oh, is one near yeah. me, yeah. You like a Dollarama? I, I love, love a good Dollarama. Dollarama. You know what's great? At Near my house, just not that far down the street, there is a Dollarama, and then about three doors down is a Dollar Tree. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anything that you can't find at the one, you generally find at the other. Good stuff. It's, yep. it's a pretty sweet deal. Imagine mm-hmm. I had a revelation, which oh. is when I was thinking about, you know, I was asking you, what is anything that you want to ask Cupid now that we have him here? Is, I was wondering if Cupid could set up any of our previous guests, because a lot of oh, the guests like on our show have, have oh. been looking for love. And we've gotten to meet and so many of these guests. I'm just wondering, Cupid, uh, do you think maybe that some of our guests might be able to find love? Do you think you're up for that challenge? Oh, well, 100%. Please, come on. Look at me. I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. That's I definitely I'm ready remember. For this. this is the business. Remember when we, when we were interviewing Nessa? Uh-huh. She was oh, she was very lonely. She was de- lonely. very much looking for for some companionship. I remember that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Send her over to the Love Palace. I got two fireplaces. Well, she lives in in a lake in Scotland. I don't know it's if the she dolphin can... problem. I think they, yeah. I think Nessa Ooh. needs some water. Well, I know a couple dolphins that uh that uh, might be able to assist. Who knows? Uh huh. Okay. Maybe believe... get a whale in there. Huh? I, I'm trying yeah. to remember but another mammal like... of the sea. We had a skeleton on the show once. I don't think they had a partner. They seem to have a lot of roommates and and loose mm-hmm. loose bones all over the place. But yeah, I, I, I I'm recalling something uh, about the 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 skeleton. Yeah. Uh. They. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they were all part of a group, right? And uh, they did love their uh, necromancer master, if I, I recall correctly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if maybe if they just took their focus away from Elliot Baxter Fly and, and focused their love on you know, someone else, maybe they could Ooh. really find something. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could. I think it I think it could work. Oh. Well, uh, maybe maybe we'll ask for a little update in a couple of weeks. See uh see if anyone's uh gotten a little hookup uh, from cupid Ooh, uh yeah certainly we've put a couple people on the list here uh andrew i believe you said madrin um we've got uh, i am uh, always trying to set krampus love. up krampus is just like he's hard he's difficult <laughs> he's sometimes work. he's all work yeah oh, he's yeah. all business all the yeah. time he's a bit of a gotta grump. eat those kids I love him. Nicest and, guy, though. And as as we know, imagine Krampus' favorite movie. He came over once uh, just for for a movie night. He's an open invitation. We 
we watched the notebook uh, based off his mm-hmm. his selection so we know Classic. he loves a good rom-com um so yeah maybe uh hey if you get visited by krampus uh, for valentine's day and not by cupid maybe maybe krampus is just looking for love you know and mm-hmm. i think krampus is a great guy so we'll see we'll see uh, a little bit of a gruff exterior, but uh, sweetheart underneath, you know? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, he, he really is. That guy is wonderful. All right. Well, we have arrived at uh, uh, the, the time of day uh, where we do some pitches. Um, this segment was rebranded uh, eventually by Imagine's request to With My Dying Breath. And then I rebranded it, it uh, again to be our Creechy Coffee Break. Um, so it's where we just give a couple uh, shout outs to things that we think maybe people might like to uh, give a try. Um, maybe it's work that we enjoy. Maybe it's local business. Could be all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah. Uh, Keep it. Do you have anything that you would like to pitch to our listeners at home? Oh, well, uh, there's been a, a rebranded podcast that I absolutely love called Inside the Audition. Uh-huh. Uh, I do absolutely love that. They've rebranded recently. They're doing a lot more interviews with actors, hmm. uh, performers. Great stuff. Really great stuff. They live stream every Wednesday around 2 p.m. Sometimes that varies, but it, it's usually around 2 p.m. Oh, I also want to recommend uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh. Uh, I just watched that recently on Amazon Prime. Oh, my God. What a show. What a show. They also have a podcast called Critical Role. Absolutely adore it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know what? Most of them are couples on there. I helped set that up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. No surprise there. Uh, no. Madrin, do you have anything you'd like to pitch? Yes, there is a local business not far from my house on the Danforth called Mary's Brigadero. Uh, so Mary is, uh, she's originally from San Paulo, I believe, and she immigrated here to Toronto a few years ago. And so she makes these, um, traditional kind of like Brazilian hybrid chocolates, Mm. uh, which, and that's what the, you know, so the, the Brigadero chocolates, they're beautiful the way she packages them. They're like Instagram amazing. Uh, and I know that she has, some packages that she's put together for valentine's day because of course chocolate and valentine's day are synonymous Mm. Uh, so definitely if you're looking for something a little special for your sweetheart check out mary's brigadero cool um well my pitch is uh pretty pretty simple and this uh episode's valentine's day i'm pitching dating apps i'm talking tinder (laughs) i'm talking bumble at hinge the other ones, plenty of fish, grinder, a, a grinder plenty of dolphins, you know, the, you can do <laughs> it all. And um, if you exhaust all of those and uh, you strike out, but just keep trying, you're going to get there eventually. But if you do, there's exactly. also a television show called Big Mouth. And uh, it's a lot of uh, funny, romantic encounters with children that maybe will entertain you on Valentine's Day instead. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pitching the dating apps. And you can go get some uh, Valentine's Day chocolate the next day. I have one more. Do you mind if I do one more? Oh, yeah. Not a problem, Cupid. Soda Stream. Soda Stream. <laughs> I love Soda Stream. Well, Madrid loves Soda Stream, too. I do, too. Yeah. Do you, Madrid? We have a Soda Stream machine in our oh, house. Yeah. And 
it's still like, even though you're just drinking water because it's fizzy like that, you feel like you're drinking something a little fancy, a little special. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it uh, has completely replaced pop in my house. Nobody in my house drinks pop anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? I probably happy with the fizzy. I probably wouldn't drink pop if I got sent to soda stream. Like if I woke up one day and I just was sent to mm -hmm. soda stream by soda stream, maybe I would talk about soda stream all the time. You know, yeah. maybe it would be a, you know, soda I, a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, yeah, I have had my soda stream long enough that I, my bottles actually need replacing soon, you know, because mm -hmm. they wow. do eventually wear out. They yeah, do because you're pressurizing them so often yeah. over. But and otherwise, they're again. probably a sturdy bottle, I would say. Probably. But they're so still a very sturdy, reliable thing. You know, I think that that expiration date on them is simply for the consumer's safety. All right. So, well, any yes, more talk about if... SodaStream, and and you know, we gotta we gotta send an invoice, so we have to cut that off. But hey, if you like if you like the podcast and you want to support us, this was our Creechy Coffee Break. You can go to Ko dash fi.com slash monstrology and you can hook us up with increments of five dollars so you know which goes towards uh some of our little fees uh like zoom and uh hosting the podcast uh, and um yeah hopefully if we could build that up we can uh, send some coffees to people like cupid which would be lovely um so you can always go to ko dash fi.com slash monstrology um Wow, I feel like I've learned so much from Cupid today. I feel very optimistic and so full of, uh, I, I want to live, laugh, love, you know, <laughs> my whole day long. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you, we like to ask our, our guests uh, if they have any parting words for our listeners at home. Embrace the chaos, everyone. Love is a battlefield. Every rose has its thorn. Love is a beautiful thing. Mm. Embrace it. Mm -hmm. Hug it. Nuzzle it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your time. Because it's your time. And that's what's a beautiful thing. Mm. And you are a beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah, Harvey's, yeah. Harvey's makes your hamburger a beautiful thing, but Cupid it does. makes your life a beautiful thing. Oh, I love their pickles. I get a I get a whole pile of them when I go. Yeah, if I woke up the next day and I was sent free Harvey's, you know, I I wouldn't be upset about it. Who would be? No, no one. Canadian icon. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um. Until next week, I hope that you are joined by as many or as few monsters as you like. Unfortunately, none of them will look like Pokemon because there is no Cupid uh, Pokemon. Turns out, oh, not a well, thing. you could argue that. I think okay, I think you could argue that. Love disc, uh, but hey, uh, well, well, let's argue that. But we're gonna stop the episode anyway. And I all hope, right, hope that y'all have a great life. Bye. Toodles. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm -hmm.